0: It's the end of week four. It's Sunday. We're going to be recapping all of the action from Sunday's games. We're going to take a look at everything that transpired. We're going to do lines of the night. All that stuff is happening. You know what it is. It's a recap show. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I do it all for the baddies. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock_Bball on TikTok at RedRock_Bball, and on Instagram. At Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app, enter the code Locked On NBA, or don't even download the Prize app. Go to prizepicks.com slash and then use the code, all lowercase, Locked On NBA, for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Busy day on Sunday, nine games on. Hopefully, if I remember, fingers crossed, at the end of the show, I'll give you an update on industry pickup and where we sit there. It is a very tight battle between me and Mike Barner at the moment, and I think it's going to go 5-4 either way. We'll see how that pans out at the end of the day. Um, And yeah, we'll go through any any stuff that's happened. There's not a huge amount of news that I haven't covered in some of the earlier shows, so not much to do there. We're going to basically spank straight into the recaps, but just something that we weren't aware of. When I did the shows earlier today is that we did get confirmation that Terry Rozier is out again. So that does help, again, float the value, fingers crossed, of Gordon Haywood, but Brandon Miller, PJ Washington, and of course, there's Miles Bridges there coming off the bench. But we don't have that added complication of adding um, Rozier back into the mix to figure out how everyone everyone plays out, how everything looks. We don't have to worry about that just yet. We will really soon. We're just not quite at that position at the moment. With the, uh, with the old Charlotte Hornets. So that just we might as well just get in because we've got nine games that we've got to get into, so we might as well just go and do that right now. The first one, the early game, it was the Philadelphia 76s, and be prepared. A lot of these games were absolute smackings, a lot of askings, especially early on. So some of the data is not super, super useful, but we've still got to try and interpret it anyway. Um, the Sixers beat the Nets by 22, 121-99 the final score. Congratulations if you've been have been holding D'Anthony Melton because it is paying off pretty well at the moment. He is, what, top 40 over his last five games and 70th over the last two weeks, not including turnovers. 21 5 and 1, three steals, four triples. Of course, he's not an 80% shooter. He's not going to continue to do that. But the three steals there are nice. This is why I was big on him being a category league guy and yeah, holding on to him and, and dealing with it because he is able to put up good lines. He's not going to always do it. He's not going to always do it, but he did it. Maxey had 25 with 10 assists, no defensive stats, while Embiid had 32, 12, and 9, big numbers, and 9 of 10 from the line. Toby Harris, the thick hogsman, there has been a drop-off in his production, 10 and 5, with two steals on some rough shooting. And then we saw Nick Batum return. He went straight back into the starting lineup, but he didn't play 30 minutes. He played 24. 3-3-3 three, three, and three, as he criss his way to a, a line that's not useful for basically anybody. But we don't need Batum in a 12-team league. We can look at him maybe in a 14, but that's about it. And then that ends Rob Covington. 11 minutes for Bobby. He had a steal on a block, so still useful there. But you can't get by as an 11-minute player um, who's going to be sort of all over the place in terms of rotation. And it's going to get worse when Oubre returns. You can't bother with that. What is interesting is that the package Jaden Springer played 21 minutes. Beverly was down to 12. Marcus Morris was a garbage time specialist. And Springer had 10-5-2 with two threes. Now, a few extra minutes there because of the blowout. But he's played very well, and that has enabled him to get a more regular role in the rotation. So deeper league people just want to pay a little bit of attention there to Jaden Springer, who is stepping up here in year three. For the Nets, there was no Thomas, no Simmons, and Lonnie Walker did his thing. Now, Lonnie Walker does this stuff sometimes. 26 points is awesome. Six triples is awesome. Um, No defensive stats as usual, but 17 shot attempts. You're not going to get many games where Lon Walker leads the team in shot attempts. That's not a long-term plan. This guy was out of the rotation to begin the season. There's also no Dennis Smith in this one. So we had three guards not playing. Now he can get hot for scoring and you can ride it when that goes down, but he's not a reliable every night contributor. And when Thomas Simmons and even Smith are back, he's just not going to do this. It requires a lot of shots and it requires elite efficiency. 55% from three. And that is not something that is a maintainable thing. You can stream him in for points, not a problem, but it's just not going to last. Mikhail Bridges is 29 minutes, Dinwiddie 28. I believe that Dinwiddie will end up a drop when players return. But again, this was a blowout, so minutes are reduced. That's why Claxton played 23 and uh, Cam Johnson 28. Just bad numbers all around for majority of these guys. Stinker from Claxton as well, going 0 of 3 from the line. The 10 of 9 is nice and the 5 of 6 from the field is good, but just really bad stuff for the majority of those guys as they got uh, they got pretty handily cooked by the Philadelphia 76ers, which is a great transition. If We're talking about teams getting cooked to um, really start to look at the Detroit Pistons my man, Troy Weaver, the man who has a million excuses made for him at all points and was a dreadful GM basically from day one. The Pistons lose to the Raptors 142-113, a destruction. And yes, I'm aware there are a lot of injuries currently in Detroit. No Duran, Bogdanovich, Hayes, Harris, Morris, and Livers. You could argue that's seven rotation players. You could. M- maybe they are, maybe they're not. I, I don't know. But it's still, they're still bad. Um... Yahoo. Any any chance we could try Stanley Amude? Maybe. 19 points in 25 minutes for Stan on 83% shooting. Cool. It's Look at the amount of guys that are out. We're not going to look at this long term. Cade Cunningham, just 27 minutes, 18, five, and four. The counting stats are good. That's there. The usage is good. That's there. The efficiency is still rough, and it's, he's really struggling with it. It is a real problem at the moment. We hope that that shooting can come back up, but he is struggling in a big way. We had Asar Thompson play 30 minutes, 9 and 10 with a steal and a block. So good to see his minutes back. But yeah, a middling sort of performance, I would guess. While uh, Isaiah Stewart just 21 minutes and Kevin Knox had six points on 18% because I, we have seen Kevin Knox play before. You could have streamed him in, but he's not a starter. He's not a useful fantasy player. He's nothing. He's no good. He's not going to play most nights. And They are in trouble. They have their stretch four options in Bogdanovich and livers are not there. But Kevin Knox is not the answer. I think we're all well aware of that. Jaden Ivey moved into the starting lineup with the absence of Killian Hayes. And I wouldn't say that he did himself any favors to keep that position. 9-3-4 and four in 28 minutes on 30%. No threes, no steals, no blocks. His situation is really rough at the moment. At least he was a, a neutral in terms of plus-minus compared to a lot of the other guys but it's really hard to get excited about Ivy and this team. They play again tomorrow, so if you do have these players like Isaiah Stewart, like uh, Jaden Ivy, or even Kevin Knox, hold them for Monday, but then they don't play again until Sunday at the end of the week, so you can easily move on from a big chunk of these players. Marcus Sasser got 21 minutes, 9, 1, and 6, but they just seem completely lost in what they're doing. Jim Wiseman did score 15 points. Don't let it fool you. He's still not very good at all, and he's not likely to be a regular rotation player, and Bagley had 6 points in 15 minutes. This is a disastrous scenario again, for Detroit, and they have when's the last time they won a game? I believe Duncan Smith. Not I believe Duncan Smith. Um Duncan Smith on Twitter tweeted this out that since the trade deadline, they're like four and thirty five, which is a nine win pace for an entire season. Let Troy cook. Um, all right. So what else on the other side? What about my Toronto Raptors? Is Jakob Pertl back? hope so. 25 minutes, 16, 10, and 4. A steal three blocks, 100%. The reason that I was interested in drafting him was block numbers, was out of position assists, was a good field goal percentage, with some rebounds. And then his minutes got weirdly cut. He's been top 70 over the last two weeks, so he's basically back where we need him to be, which is great. Scott Barnes, 17, 7, and 9. We put him under the lens yesterday, and we did look at what's going on with the defensive stats. Well, another day with no blocks. That's two blocks in his last five games total where he's going to end up end of season is still very much up in the air, despite a very hot start to the year. But great assist numbers, great field goal percentage. Well, Siakam got some usage back in this one. Barnes' usage also really starting to become a problem in terms of maintaining the value. Under 22 here. Siakam, 23, 7, and 6 in, in 29 minutes. And I think it's fair to say that Barnes and Siakam cannot coexist both as 25-plus usage players. They seem to go back and forward every time, alternating games, sort of. But if one has a good usage, the other one doesn't. That seems to have been a pattern here. Let's keep an eye on that. OG Ananobi returned after cutting his finger in a way that he will not describe how, which always sounds sus. Nine points on 18% is terrible. Five rebounds, two steals, but who cares? He's back. It's good. Well, Dennis Schroeder had 17, two, and seven. Some good numbers there. Good night from Gaz Trent as well. 18 points with two threes with a steal and a block. That's a good stream, but of course, it's against nobody. And it was a blowout, and I don't think we need to rely upon Trenner as anything more than a... Um, than a points and threes type of streamer. Not much else going on with that game uh, that's worth mentioning, I don't think. Today's episode is brought to you by Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of going up against thousands of people, trying to battle and navigate through salary caps and pros with all their advanced algorithms and spreadsheets, it's just you against numbers. They put up a stat and you just say more or less. That's all you need to do. You get between two of six, two to six of those into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your money back. You can do these entries super easy. They're super fast. It's just not, it's not hard to do to do at all. They put up a number and you just look at it and go, well, come on, that's a little low. Let's say more. Or they put it up and you go, that's a little high, and we go less. A big array of different stats and different numbers and different players that you can use over on Price Picks as well. So go to pricepicks.com slash The code is LockedOnNBA. And you get a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepixcom slash locked on NBA. The code is locked on NBA. And you get a first deposit match up to $100. Price is daily fantasy sports made easy. That will bring us now after we are two games down, we'll come in and look at the third game of the day. And disappointingly, even though the final score might not tell you this, disappointingly, this was another blowout because the Magic win 128-116. So it is, it's only 12 points. But basically, the Pacers ran all bench units for the final quarter, and the Magic brought in all their deep reserves with about seven minutes to go in the game. So when you look at the numbers, you go, what's going on? Why do these guys have low minutes? This is why. Paulo Banquero did some good stuff. 24-3 and 0. One steal, two blocks, 64% and 86 from the line. Excellent stuff from Paolo. There's going to be big fluctuations with his percentages and his defensive stats, but that was good. Goga Badadze. Annoying because we're going up against him, but he had four blocks with eight and eight. Continues to be a solid stream option while, Mo, uh, well, no, while Mo, Wendell uh, Carter is out. As for Wagner, 16 points. He did his thing as well. 16 points in 21 minutes, but it wasn't great for John Isaac. Again, it was a blowout. He could have very easily added six more minutes onto this at the end of the game. He had 14 minutes, five and three with a steal and a block. Still brought the defense. Still worth just having a little bit of a look at and see where the minutes progress from here. Wagner had 19-7, and seven, while Gaz Harris played 22 minutes for 13 with three threes. He's turning into a little bit of a three-point stream option here, Gary. Um, Suggs, he played only 18 minutes. He had 18 points on 75%, but again, he was dealing with some knocks and, and bumps and bruises. And it was a blowout, so don't panic about minutes there. While Anthony had 15, five and three in 25 minutes, and Anthony Black had two blocks for uh, the big fella there, Mr. Black. But he is just not anywhere really near being fantasy useful. Even in the starts, he's not even. I, I, it's barely. He's barely a 20 team streamer. Um, even in those starting starting roles for the Pacers. I don't know what we get out of it, right? 23 minutes for Miles Turner, 10 and four with three blocks. You love the three blocks. The 30% doesn't work, but it was a blowout. This is how we can tell. We saw, um, what did we see? We saw Ben Shepard play 16 minutes. Isaiah Jackson played 12 minutes. Jordan Warrup got 23 minutes. Now, part of that is because Aaron Neesmith did seem to hurt his arm, so watch that. Nora went off 19 and five with two steals and 73%. We've seen him do this before. He's like a bigger Lonnie Walker where he can get really red hot with his shot and it looks fantastic and then he just goes missing plenty of other times. Watch this if Neesmith is out, that Nora will step into a rotation role, and he'll have some okay games. Bruce Brown, just 22 minutes. Matherin had 14, 6, and 3 on poor shooting, but got to the line, which is encouraging. He's still probably just a, a real fringe sort of guy, Benedict, here at the moment, because of the ups and downs of the rotation. They are the blowing teams out, or getting their backs blown out as well. It's all all over the place for the Pacers in terms of their rotations. Ober Toppen 6 points in 16 minutes, on 38% shooting, while TJ McConnell... He had sort of taken over from Andrew Nempard. I don't know whether how permanent that is or what the minutes are going to be, but 21 minutes, 11, 4, and 5. Otherwise, it, look, if he is ahead of Nempard, he does become an assist streamer for your deeper formats because that's what he can do. But again, these games have been so like uh, all over the place in terms of rotation minutes because of the blowouts that it is hard to get a full understanding of it. The Denver Nuggets... And the Cleveland Cavaliers is your next game. And the Cavs with a big, big victory, 121-109. On the Nuggets side of things, again, a little bit of a blowout. 27 minutes for Michael Ponda Jr., and 21-6. Jokic, very much not Jokic-like. His free throws have been so weird this season. Two of five for 40%. But he had 18, 10, and seven with a steal on a block in only 28 minutes. And they just got cooked. We only had 21 minutes from Reggie Jackson, He had seven points with two steals. KCP continuing to be a defensive streamer. He had a triple one with nine points and two assists, but he's very hard for me to look at as an absolute must-roster player. And interestingly, we had Peyton Watson out of the rotation, and they went, which is disgusting, with Justin Holliday. We're seeing Strouder and Jalen Pickett, two of their um, draft picks this season, getting minutes. Uh, as, as a genuine part of the rotation and that should raise some eyebrows for deeper leagues but it's not great for Peyton Watson who started out pretty well this season and has sort of fallen away but again a little bit of a blowout here that I'm not sure what we take out of it 19 minutes for Pickett 8-2-3 and three, which is something but it's not anything we care about now onto the Cavs they were without obviously Isaac Okoro Ricky Rubio Milk they're all gone and then Don Mitchell was out with a hamstring injury and then Karis Levert was out with knee soreness so who's their guard going to be? well Unknown player stepped up, played twenty-five minutes, and had twenty-one four and four with two steals and a block. He shot seventy percent and was seven of seven from the line. That is a masterful. F- and I'll tell you who it is: it's Craig Porter Jr. If you play on ESPN, you wouldn't know that because you can't add him because they're inept at their jobs. Porter was a great stream today. Everything worked in his favor. We talked about this on one of the shows yesterday. Hey, watch for Craig Porter. There is a chance here, and he's a very interesting statistical beast. Twenty-one four and four, two steals and a block. Ridiculous you can't use him, but pay attention to this. They've got a great schedule this week, and if one of Mitchell and Levert remain out, he might actually be worth a look. Let's go to 14 teams, but maybe even in 12. Maybe. Probably not. If they're both out, yeah, absolutely. If both Mitchell and Lavert are out, then absolutely we're looking at Porter. But some really good stuff from him. Darius Garland had 26-3 and 6, while Evan Mobley had 16-10-5 with two blocks. Max Strus didn't really take advantage of everyone being out. 10, 6, and 5 is fine, but only 7 shots. Or Jarrett Allen had 15, 5, and 5. Even Dean Wade was able to put up numbers, and that's how you know it was a blowout. 6 and 10 with two threes for Wadey in 24 minutes. And We had Sam Merrill doing his Sam Hauser impression. 9 points, three threes. That's all he does. He doesn't do anything else. And yeah, that's just, they're a team with no guards. Mitchell, Lavert, Okoro, Rubio, Milk, or out, all out. And that enabled Porter to get a role. I think Porter's is actually better than Jerome. Um and I think he should be yeah you just got to pay attention to it and see who's in who's out but it was a great opportunity it presented itself and Craig Porter Jr was out here absolutely saluting and giving us the great number shout out to the unknown player Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook score early this NFL season with score again Update it, my guys. America's number one sportsbook is FanJul. You can score earlier. NFL, FanDuel number one sportsbook. You know what it is. It's all there. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So when you're out there looking to chuck in a Moneyline bet, you get your $150 in bonus bets back. And then all the other bet types, parlays, sides, totals, player props, futures, NBA MVPs, NFL MVPs, NFL Super Bowl champs. You can check it all out over on Fangio. So if you've been thinking about joining Fangio, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Go to Fangio.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the fifth game of the day. Another blowout. The Kings, 129 the Dallas Mavericks, 113. The Kings on the road with a big victory. Yes, Dallas was on a back-to-back, but that's what happened. So, oh, actually, were they? Yeah, now I'm confused. You yeah, think Dallas is on a back-to-back? I need to double-check that. Now I've lost my mind. It's okay, Josh. Trust your mind. You were correct. Dallas was on a back-to-back. Um, the Kings 129, Dallas 113, Fox and Sabonis were great. 30.6 triples for De'Aaron Fox. Talk about a bonus on a Sunday. 7 assists and 3 steals, elite shooting, while Sabonis was elite as well. Now, he delivered his usual triple zero, but 32, 13, and 6 on 87% shooting is great. He's turning into a pretty problematic free throw guy, though. 6 of 10 from the line. That's going to hurt rankings, but you know how to deal with that. With Kevin Herter out, Chris Duarte started. 13, 8, and 4, 2 steals and 3 threes on 63%. I will say this. I don't care. I will not be adding him in 12-team leagues because there's a couple of things here. Herder was out. And I think all this probably does is render both of them useless in that maybe there's more of a minute split now. And the way that Duarte got this done was on under 12% usage. That's just not a realistic expectation. He's not going to get eight rebounds. He's not going to play 33 minutes. He's not going to shoot 63%. I wouldn't add him. And I think it hurts Kevin Herter quite a bit. Only 18 minutes for Malik Monk, which is a little frustrating. 12-2-3 um, with four threes. Still good enough to be a 12-team league player. While Keegan Murray got his shot back on track. 17-3-4 in 33 minutes. Uh, shot 54%. Barnesy, the streaming legend, Harrison Barnes, added six assists with 12 points. That's what he is. That's how you view him. You stream him in on days like this, and you don't have to roster him otherwise. And then not much else going on. We did see Davion Mitchell get some minutes, but I yeah, Keon Ellis did get hurt and never returned, even though they said he was available Obviously, we're not rostering Davion Mitchell anywhere. On the Mavericks, they made a starting lineup change in the second half, and Josh Green started over Derek Jones. 11-4-5 for Green with two steals and two threes, and that's all well and good. But I don't, also don't care. Because I would need to see one of Kyrie or Luca out. I would also need to see Green starting, and I would need to see him put up decent numbers a couple of games in a row, and I just don't think that's going to happen. So even though there was a change in the lineup, I am not rushing to add Green in 10 or 12, or probably even 14 team leagues. I am dropping Derek Jones in 14s, and I am dropping Grant Williams in 12s, who had 7, 3, and 2, did Grant in 20 minutes, and Jonesy had 6 points in 19 minutes. Tim Hardaway keeps scoring with 14 points, while Luca had 25, 10, and 7. Three steals as well for Luca, and Kyrie had 20. 20- 23, 2 and 1. So some good games from those guys. A little bit underwhelming from Derek Lively the second, six and nine with a steal on a block. But he should be on somebody's roster. It's not not has doesn't have to be yours. But the blocks, the field goal percentage, some rebounds, there's use in all of that stuff. He is a low usage player. We know this, but you know what you're getting out of him. He should be on somebody's roster. But as I said, and I will say it again, it just does not have to be yours. But he shouldn't be on the waiver wire. That's for category leagues. Like for points leagues, don't worry. Leave you on a waiver wire in 12 10 points leagues. You don't need to worry about that. Now we've got some uh, some interesting games to get into. Boston just squeaks past Memphis. 102-100 the Grizzlies put up a good fight in this one after we know they've been dealing with a lot of problems and we'll start with the Boston side of things. They've got a back-to-back tomorrow. So just be aware of a few things here. Kristas Puzingas, towards the end of the game, looked like he was struggling a little bit with his ankle. Now, his line was great. 26-8 and eight with six blocks. 69% shooting. Eight of nine from the line. Love it. It may end up getting me the win in industry pickup. We will see at the end of the day. It's... We're on a knife's edge. we on a knife's edge. Um, Tatum had 20-9 with five assists to steal and a block. Al Horford probably sits tomorrow. Five points. But what about slamming Sammy Hauser? 15 points, five threes, and two steals. The most elite threes streamer in the NBA. And tomorrow, there may not be Horford, most likely not. There might not be Porzingis. There also might not be Jalen Brown, who did play this one with a groin issue, but didn't play particularly well. 31% shooting, 12, 6, and 3. Could he sit tomorrow as well? We could be really looking at a Pritchard and House day, as streaming for Monday with eight games on. So keep an eye on that. The absolute roller coaster that is Derek White continues. 10 points on 33%, four assists. My take on him remains exactly the same. It's hard to have consistent, strong top value on very, very low usage. He will have big games. But if you're expecting to get by just on defensive stats, because he's not going to have the ball in his hands to rack up big assists most nights or big scoring, it is hard to do. And we've seen that. He is still where is Dez. He's like outside the top 60 per game for the season, but outside the top 150 over his last five games. I had him around the 90 to 100 mark, I think, once Drew Holiday was traded there. And I think we're sort of seeing that appear at the moment. Drew Holiday struggling a bit too, seven, six, and four on 29%. But I guess the biggest story in this game is on the Memphis side because Santi Aldama went crazy. 28, 12, and six with six threes and 41% shooting. Now, let's address a couple of things here because there is going to be people watching this or who will tweet at me or whatever. Hey, you said drop Santi Aldama. Guess you were wrong again. Cool, I was. Yep, absolutely. And I would appreciate if you went onto every one of my videos and commented that I was wrong because it doesn't help the algorithm at all, not at all. So just go and write that on every video. Here is what happens often in fantasy basketball. My take on Santi Aldama was, I don't think they're going to play 30 minutes of Santi Aldama at power forward with Jaron Jackson at center, because they do not want to play Jaron Jackson at center. They'll fill the center minutes mostly with Tillman and Biombo leading. I don't really find where Aldama gets enough minutes to be valuable. And that was 100% true. Like that is exactly what happened. What I didn't, expect to happen was Tillman to get this knee problem that's kept him out for two weeks and for their starting point guard Marcus Smart to be out and then they replace Marcus Smart with Santi Aldama in the lineup playing at the three in a lineup they refused to use last season so they can start Desmond Bain at point guard I didn't see that coming 100% correct I didn't see it I, I didn't but I also don't know how you could have so there are different ways of looking at everything things are dynamic in fantasy basketball I can say that not having Aldama on your roster for weeks one, two, and three was the right call because it was. He wasn't producing anything like that. And there can be any move you make. You'd be like, man, why did I drop this guy? Well, because it was the right decision. You can't look through. You're not Dr. Strange to sit through 10 billion different, like your head wibbling around like that, to look through every possible... Um, outcome and every possible probability of situations that occurs because then you'd have 300 blokes on your roster for every single eventuality like stashing Craig Porter just in case for the game where everyone's out and he gets a big run. You can't do that sort of stuff. So while I don't sit here beat myself up about it, you guys do a good enough job beating me up about things that are incorrect anyway. (laughs) Not all of you. (laughs) Very small percentage. Don't beat yourself up about it because things just happen that are completely out of any predictability and things that are just weird like Aldama going off. Now, they don't play again until Wednesday, which is obviously 14 games, would Aldama be startable in that one? Borderline. But I don't see how, considering he finished last game as the starter, he started this game and went off, that he's going to move out of the starting lineup until Marcus Smart returns. So while you could say, eh, not sure I'm going to add him, I wouldn't start him on Wednesday, this looks more like a three to four week investment in some okay numbers. I'm also not expecting Santi Aldama to lead the team in shots with 27. Yeah. That's not a lie. 27 shots, nor do I expect him to drop in six triples and shoot them at 40%, or do I expect him to have six assists and two steals? This is absolutely everything sort of swishing together into a big performance. At him. I think it is a good move. But also, there are a number of things here that don't necessarily lean that way. Also, Biombo got into extreme foul trouble and played 14 minutes here. Not that it impacts Santi a huge amount because he was playing at the three. And I hope that all makes sense. Again, this is not about making excuses for shit because... Well, maybe it is. Maybe you think it is. Just admit you're wrong, Josh. All right, I'm wrong. Got it wrong. Told you to drop, Santi. I'm wrong. Cool. Um, but it's about the process and how you can't get stuck on these sort of things that you literally had no way of predicting three weeks ago. You couldn't. There was no way of seeing this. Desmond Bain, thirty point seven triples, 8 assists, thrived as a point guard. He also took 27 shots and... Hit them at the exact same rate Santi did. 11 of 27 for both guys. Really negative percentages, but good numbers nonetheless. And Jaron had 17 and 8. What is encouraging here for Jaron is he played 34 minutes. Jacob Gilliard, starting legend, moved back to the bench and played 15 minutes. He had 5 assists and 2 steals, which actually puts him sort of as a streamy option. But his days of starting appeared to be numbered. And then there's just a bunch of bullshit. 6 and 7 for Zaire Williams. 6 points for Vince Williams. 2 and 5 in 26 minutes for uh, Lil John Conchar. And David Roddy. This remember this? Remember when Marcus Smart got hurt? David Roddy's the guy that stepped up and put up big numbers? And he's been useless ever since. Zero two zero 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 in twenty minutes. I'm at four percent usage. I'm not sure he's a rotation player when this team is healthy. I, I just I, I, I but again, this is bias. Understand where it's coming from. I'll always put it out there. I don't think David Roddy's a very good player. I don't think he's got any sort of level of high upside. And I could be wrong on that, but what I've seen from him, I don't like it. And he's obviously, like, if you, you could have rushed to grab him, which would have made a little bit of sense because he put up, like, a Richie Benno in basically a half of basketball when Smart went down, and then nothing has followed on from that. So, bad game from him. Some interesting Kenny Lofton minutes, six points in 13 minutes, uh, but we don't need to do anything with that. All right, let's let's uh, let's look at a game that didn't seem like it was ever going to end, and I'm not even sure that the final result in this game was correct. I've got no idea. Um, I'm recording this immediately after the final... um, Try to get this stuff out as quickly as I can. Immediately after the final determination on the review that it wasn't a foul on Kevin Durant on the uh, final shot in double overtime. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of dissection of it, but... It uh, it looked like a foul to me. But anyway, the uh, that's how we go. 140-137, to 137, Phoenix beats Utah. Durant played 46 minutes, 39-8-10, two steals and a block. A non-foul at the end, an elite performance from KD. It was a big one from Nurkic as well. 35 minutes, 18-11 with two blocks. And Eric Gordon, 20 points, five dribbles, six assists, two steals, two blocks. Now, obviously, a lot of these numbers are super inflated by double overtime. But even at the end of regulation, Gordon's line was enough to be 12-team worthy. So was Grayson Allen, who had 14, 4, and 3. And as long as Bradley Beal is out, those two guys are going to have streaming appeal for 12-teamers. Booker had 26, 5, and 8 on 38%. Not his best game, but still pretty good numbers. The bench, not a lot to talk about. Goodwin, no use. Bates Diop, not much. Kogi, 14 minutes. And uh, Drew Eubanks. With Nurkic playing well, we didn't get much Eubanks in there. For the Jazz, Larry Markkinen, amazing. He had a Richie Beno, two for two, two, two. 38 and 17 with two steals, two blocks, 58%. Annoyingly, only six of nine from the line. I'm sure the Jazz would have liked another three of three from there. You know what's an interesting thing? When you go look at the, what's the likelihood of an 80% shooter hitting all three free throws? It is not as high as you think it is. I've got to remember what the actual number is. It's like a 60% chance, I believe it is of a 80% shooter hitting all three of their free throws. Something like that. It's to do with probably... I wish I, I should I should know. Let me go figure this out. I misspoke. An 80% free throw shooter, it's 51% likely that they hit all three of their free throws. Let's say it is... Let's say marketing is was, was an 86% guy. I don't know why I'm going on about this, but I think it's just interesting because we always just assume that these elite free throw shooters are going to knock them down in this scenario. An 86% guy trying to hit all three of his free throws is actually a 64% chance of happening. There you go. There's your daily dose of probability. Marketing was great. It was a big night from Taylor and Horton Tucker off the bench. 25, 4, and 3 with two steals. He only played 29 minutes, and he didn't play in the closing lineup or in overtime. He scored well. He is going to be a stream guy like this. Coincidentally or not, I'm not sure, but with him putting up big numbers, Jordan Clarkson didn't really get going until overtime. We'd seen that trend happen. Horton Tucker to the bench, Clarkson goes off. Horton Tucker got more minutes in this game and Clarkson struggled, but then overtime corrected it. You don't need to add Horton Tucker, obviously. While Keontae George, 34 minutes, only seven points on 17%, which is putrid, obviously, but five rebounds, 11 assists and a steal and he needs to be rostered. While Oshae Abaji, the triple one's nice, but he took one shot in 34 minutes. We don't roster him outside of the streaming opportunities. Olenek had 6-5-5, five, and five, which is all right. But Colin Sexton, how about that? Five rebounds. That's four years worth of production for Colin. He also had 18 points with a steal in his 23 minutes. And Johnny Collins had 15-12 and 12 with two steals and a block. This game would not end. They do look much better to me, the Jazz, with George in there. Um, actually distributing and letting others do what they need to do. I didn't actually tell you what Clarkson's numbers were. 22-7-5 on 35% shooting and 71 from the line. So one of his worst games of uh, recent times, but still ended up with a pretty good line as they fall in double overtime to the Phoenix Suns. All right, the next one was a blowout. It was the Thunder beating the Blazers 134-91. This was over. In I the first half, it was done. The starters for the Thunder didn't play really at all in the second half, in the, in the final quarter anyway. So we only got 23 minutes for Shea. 28-3-4. Ched had 16-6 with two blocks. There was no um, uh, Bronco Jalen Williams in this game. So they started Kaysan Wallace, who's getting a lot of minutes, and he's just not doing anything statistic statistics-wise with it. Two points and one steal in 21 minutes, but they're trusting him a lot with minutes, which is something to keep an eye on. Giddy had six, four, and five. Dort had 12 points on some solid shooting. I still don't think Dort's a 12-team league guy. And Isaiah Joe did it again. Five triples. What did you get out of him if you streamed in for these three games in four nights? Like, what, 14 threes across three nights? Aaron Wiggins stepped up. We got Jalen Williams' minutes. Yeah, just a disaster in terms of um, the Blazers, but also you're yeah, getting big minutes out of your Thunder players. For the um, for the Blazers, another strong Skylar Mays game. 11-2-7 with two steals and two triples. He's uh, knocking on the door of being a rosterable. Nah, it's not true. I just wanted to use he- he's the one who knocks, but he is obviously rosterable until Brogdon comes back. We're on DeAndre Ayton free throw watch. He took two of them. He only hit one. That's his first miss for the season, I believe. He s- continues to stink. While it was another strong Jabari Walker night. 13 and 7, just a name to keep an eye on. Shaden Sharp is absolutely rooted. He is cooked. Um, Fourteen. Uh, sorry, 7 and 4 and 1. I actually am getting more and more convinced by the day that when players return, he will be droppable. You don't drop him, but he is really struggling. And Jeremy Grant, uh, getting the bag legend, Jeremy Grant, 14-0-1, one of the most annoying and empty players in the NBA, which is frustrating because he used to be one of the best and most winning role players in the NBA, but he got his money. Who am I to uh, complain about getting money? Because that's an awesome thing to do, right? If you had the op- if I had the opportunity to be getting paid as much as Jeremy Grant, damn right I would do it, to a degree, to a degree. Um, we got 21 minutes of Chris Murray. That's how you know this game was a disaster. Well, Tamani Kamara had some foul issues, so he only played 15 minutes. Again, this is game's just a bullshit game that we don't really need to dive deep into. You're not getting gigantic insights out of it. But... The next game, you're getting a little bit out of because it was a very close one. It was the Houston Rockets and the Lakers. The Lakers win it 105-104. Sengun continues to put up good numbers. Had some foul trouble, so his minutes are a little bit lower. 31 minutes, 23, 10, and 5. It's always good. Again, you know what I'm going to say. When a coach keeps a guy on the bench in order to be able to maximize him to play more later on, and in effect, just ends up fouling him out anyway. So we only got 31 minutes for Sengun, who ended on four fouls. He had two early ones in the third quarter, I believe it was, that got him benched. Big numbers there. Van Vliet, 15-1 and 16 assists with a steal. His steal numbers, I don't think, are coming back to the level they were in Toronto, but at least we're getting one here. Um, well, Dylan Brooksie Brooks, who'd been invisible. Over his last five games before today, he was 276th. He had 24 points, six triples, four steals, and took 21 shots for... I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I don't know why he took so many shots, but he did. It worked all right. Don't think we need to worry about him in 12s. Jabari Smith, That is that enough? For you to keep him on your roster? Probably. 14-5 and one with two threes. While Tari Eason had two and five. He will not play tomorrow. He's resting on a back-to-back. Again, I just don't know how we get to 12-team value with him outside of streaming. Stinking from Jalen Green. Nine, six, and three on 30% with one of three from the line. He'd been playing much better. That's clearly not. That's not better. That's bad. While Jeff Green had 13 in 14 minutes. Not a lot else to talk about here with this team. We're interested to see what they do with Eason out. And still no, Amen Thompson. Did they just pump the minutes into the wild thing? Jay Sean Tate, who played only 16? Probably. Did they give any minutes to Cam Whitmore? Probably not. On to the Lakers. Um, yeah, LeBron, 40 minutes, man. Jesus Christ. 37, 6, and 8. Three steals, 74% shooting. This guy is doing just... It's its ridiculous. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Anthony Davis, 27 and 10, while Reeves had 17, 6, and 6 in 25 minutes. I would love Reeves' minutes to be a bit better, but getting to the line six times is great, and he's still... You, Even though he is coming off the bench, he's still top 90 over the last five games and top 80 over the last two weeks. So it's not ideal, but it's still okay. Cam Reddish, settling into what he does. Playing Cam Reddish 39 minutes a night is probably a war crime somewhere, but that's what they're doing. And he is an excellent steals streamer. He continues to do that. Three steals. Seven points in 39 minutes. Doesn't cut it across the board, but there is enough value in him as a defensive guy. Delo sucked. Four points on 13%. He'd been really good. He wasn't here, obviously, when Hachimura got extra minutes with D'Lo sucking 11-4. Two steals for Rui is a nice little surprise, but we don't want to roster him. While um, Christian Wood's revenge game uh, yielded two rebounds on 0% shooting. And Torian Prince, remember Torian Prince's first night explosion? He had uh, two points on 9%. Those guys continue to suck ass. And yeah, we obviously don't need to be rostering the Crucifix Christian Wood really in any position. So that is... Um, all of the games recapped for the action across... What day was it? Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday. Let's... um, Yeah, that's about well, it's about this time, isn't it? Let's do the... We don't, don't have a stream of the day to recap, so let's do the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night is where we're going to go first, and there were a number of contenders. The, the, the list was shifting back and forward all night, but in the end, we are going with KD. The double overtime helps. 39 points, 8 rebounds, and... 10 assists is a fantastic return from KD. The waiver wire line of the night, this one's not really significantly debatable. I think it's obviously going to be the big fella, Santi Aldama in Memphis starting small fourth. They don't play until Wednesday. There are 14 games on, but this looks like it could be a three-week sort of stream option here for Santi. So bear that in mind. You might lose a stream option Monday, Tuesday, but maybe you gain some value moving forward with Marcus Smart out. But it is worth noting that Derek Rose didn't play and Luke Kennard didn't play, and Xavier Tillman didn't play. How that impacts everything, I don't know. But all of those guys did not play, and they could very easily be back in the lineup on Wednesday, and there might be an impact there. The young gun of the night. The first or second year player with the best performance. This one goes to unknown player from the Cleveland Cavaliers. 21 points, 4 assists, and 2 steals for Craig Porter Jr. The Cavs have got a great schedule next week, so if we hear any news that Okoro and Mitchell remain out, as well as milk... And Levert, probably only need two of those guys out. If Look, if Mitchell and Levert are out, I think Porter is at least streamable in deeper leagues. And even as you get shallower, because of the Cavs' good schedule, there might be something there. And the dud of the night, we had a few different options here, but in the end, we have to settle on the big fella. He's actually not that big of a fella, but I'm going to call him the big fella. We're going to Indiana, and we are looking at Shavano Heald, who had three points, one rebound, and two assists in one of the many, many blowouts of the day. Let's do the top six players now across the NBA in the various categories that we like to do them. N- top six players overall. Number one was Kevin Durant, followed by LeBron James, Christas Porzingis, Larry Markinen, and Joel Embiid at five. And Darren Fox, almost forgot to say his name. Darren Fox comes in at number six. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. It is Santi Aldama. It is Craig Porter at two. Eric Gordon. Just streaming while Beal is out. Really good numbers. Talon Horton-Tucker exploded. I don't really care for that in 12-team leagues. Lonnie Walker, sure, if you need some points, still don't really buy it long-term. And then Goga Badadze at number six. Yeah, he is fine if that's what you need. He's bringing basically what you, what you expect from him. And the top six players in Yahoo Points Leagues, Markin Durant, LeBron, Embiid, Aldama, and Kristaps Porzingis. Now I did say that I was going to give you a little bit of an update on industry pickup, so we might as well go and do that now. Um, yeah, let's do it. Gives me an excuse to show off a little graphic that I made. So here is the matchup for today. I did get the victory in the end over Mike Barner 5-4. Mitch Casey wins it over Alex Recline, um 7-2. Um, Drew Dinkmeyer beats Kingy 6-3, uh, Noel Rubin beats Dan Titus 6-3, Mike Catrin beats Alex Barutha 7-2, and Rhett Bauer beats B-Dub 6-3. And if I go and have a look, if we can flick that across to the standings, so that puts me on top 21, uh, 24 and 12, then Drew Dinkmeyer, um, Mitch Casey, Rhett Bauer, B-Dub, Mike Catrin at 6, Noel Rubin 7, RaClean 8, Kingy 9, Barna 10, Titus 11, and Barutha at Twelve. Should we have a look how it went in my other leagues? Let's have a look. The Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl Category League. Let's have a look at the scoring in that one. Um, As I just do this on the fly. What did I win there? Where's my little matchup? Why did that come up wrong? That's the wrong league. I'm, I'm not in Global. I'm in North. don't know why that gave me the wrong one. Here we go. I had a 5-4 victory over Triples and a 4-3-2 victory over Super JKP in the FBI LOFB World Cup. I beat Il Gigante 5-4. That's a good W there. What about Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl points division? How did I go in that one? Um, all right. Me against Mushes, I lost. Al. And then against Lucky Jacks, I won. So that's pretty good. All right. Happy with how all that panned out. Good, good results for the week. Um, I think my 30 deep team, we won one, lost one as well. And that, that's the end of today's show. So, don't know why I've got the full the the zoomed in screen there. Normally we go to the the uh, the wide shot for the end. That's where we're at. So follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below, subscribe. You know how to do it, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.